Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. President Trump's recent decision to quickly remove all of our troops from Syria is a truly amazing turn of events. Could it be that this is the first phase in the big deal that Trump has been talking about? We know that peace in the Middle East is our president's greatest goal. That said, we know that this is not going to happen. Peace in the Middle East will only come when Jesus returns. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 20th, 2018. I got up early this morning and spent some time seeking the Lord about tonight and made the decision to do a special Prophecy Update instead of the expositional teaching through the Psalms. I think that um, this is only the second time this year that I've preempted a a teaching to do a prophecy update, and uh, the circumstances are such that I just deemed it would be appropriate. Actually, there are two reasons that I made the decision, one of which is this Sunday uh, is our Christmas services, so... Uh, we won't be having a prophecy update. And more importantly, uh, the second reason I made the decision is that of the significant breaking news concerning Syria within just the last 48 hours. I, you know, I always sort of reluctantly anymore uh, want to preface uh, what I say by just you know, reminding you that I don't want to be sensational or, you know, provocative, but uh, when I say this, but this is huge. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, for lack of a better word, but what has happened just in the last 48 hours is really uh, stunning. And doubtless you heard the news from President Trump that the United States will swiftly and completely withdraw all of our troops from Syria. I mean, they're already starting the process. It has sent uh, many scrambling, trying to just logistically uh, get our troops out of Syria. Some are suggesting that President Trump suddenly, and I'm going to use that word suddenly for what I think might be deemed obvious reasons, but Trump suddenly doing this might have something to do with the much-anticipated deal of the century, this peace plan that 
he has, uh, you know, been wanting to and saying that he's going to unveil. Now, as you might imagine, this has profound implications and ramifications prophetically, and this because of what those of us who are students of Bible prophecy know to be true about two specific prophecies, prophecies that we uh, really talk about, it seems like, on a weekly basis, because these are the two, I believe, main prophecies that are in play today, Isaiah 17 and Ezekiel 31, in fact, uh, 38. In fact, last Sunday, we talked about the specificity of the details in both of these prophecies, and in so doing, uh, presented a plausible scenario that could play out. I was going back over my notes from Sunday, and one of the things that struck me was that once this all goes down, it will do so very suddenly, very rapidly, very swiftly. I mean, it's going to have this uh, what I'll call unstoppable momentum. And I couldn't have known that. I mean, there has been talk about Trump doing this, but what I couldn't have known was that the announcement would come only hours after, which, uh, again, I believe has profound implications. So Isaiah 17.1 is very uh, uh, straightforward. It's very cut and dry, you might say. It is a prophecy concerning Damascus becoming a ruinous heap, totally destroyed, so much so that it's uninhabitable. And one of the details about this particular prophecy is the conspicuous absence of Syria from the Ezekiel 38 prophecy, which lists the nations that are going to be allied together, and chief of which are going to be Russia, Iran, and Turkey, which will be at the helm of this alliance of nations. There's another detail that we've talked about recently, and that has to do with verse 13 concerning Saudi Arabia and Tarshish, which there's some debate as to who Tarshish is and the young lions thereof. Some suggest that it's England, the UK, and the U.S., uh, that certainly could be the case, but whether or not it is, it really does not involve the United States of America, which many believe uh, the absence of the United States of America from this Ezekiel 38 prophecy uh, is very telling. In other words, something must happen to the United States to explain her absence from coming to Israel's defense. So again, more even more detailed than Ezekiel 38 is that God himself puts this hook in the jaw of Gog and Magog and brings them from the north vis-a-vis Syria into Israel to invade Israel for the purpose of taking a spoil. And the detail, and it's mentioned there more than once, where God says, I will do this so that they will know that I am the Lord their God. In other words, nobody is going to come 
to the defense of Israel. And the only way Israel is going to survive this attack against all odds, this invasion by these nations that are all allied together, the only way it's going to happen is by the miraculous hand of God's deliverance for that purpose. So those are the details that I think we need to have sort of as a backdrop as we look at what has happened just in the last couple of days. What's interesting to me is just days prior to the announcement that the U.S. was going to withdraw from Syria, the Sudanese president became the first Arab leader to visit Syria since the civil war began back in 2011. And the reason this is interesting is because Sudan is also one of the nations that is listed there in Ezekiel 38 as being allied with Russia, Turkey, and Iran. We get a lot of comments, a lot of questions from people that, you know, say, well, we know that Russia, Turkey, and Iran are in Syria, but what about Sudan and Ethiopia? Well, (laughs) uh, it appears that now Sudan is uh, in Syria. On Monday, the Jerusalem Post published a report in which they asked the question of what's behind Sudanese President al-Bashir going to meet Syria's Assad. Let me just um, share with you some of what the report had to say. Qatar's Al Jazeera and Iran's Press TV both highlighted the visit. Press TV emphasized that Sudan and Syria both oppose the West's interference in the region and that Sudan and Syria should concentrate on, quote, Arabism and Arab causes. Interesting. Iran's media tried to argue that Saudi Arabia Again, that's why the detail is so important in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38. They tried to argue that Saudi Arabia was at fault for arming militants seeking to overthrow the government of Assad. The meeting came as Assad also met Hussein Jaberi Ansari, an advisor to Iran's foreign minister. The coincidence should not be overlooked that a Sudanese delegation was in Damascus just when the Iranians were. Syria is trying to show it is not isolated and that it can defeat foreign interference. We know who they're referring to by foreign interference, which increasingly is the way Damascus refers to the role of the U.S. in eastern Syria, and Turkey in the north. They go on, and they suggest that another reason for this visit is part of growing discussions about the Yemen war, where the Saudi-backed alliance has been discussing a ceasefire with the Iranian-backed Houthis. The rhetoric from the Sudanese visit is decidedly anti-Western, whereas Saudi Arabia 
is still in the Western camp. That would appear to indicate, listen, the real story behind Bashir's visit is about Sudan, Sudan, working with Syria and Turkey, not part of a Saudi agenda. Now, call me silly, but is this not exactly what over 2,500 years ago the prophet Ezekiel recorded would happen? Keep in mind that even as it relates to Russia, Iran, and Turkey, that we could not have this dialogue, as it were, about them being in Syria at the ready to invade Israel. Now add to that Sudan, Ethiopia, the other nations, Libya, that are all listed there in that Ezekiel 38 prophecy, and perhaps more importantly, the absence of Syria, Iraq, Egypt, Jordan, and I'll add the United States of America. The only ones that we know for a certainty in verse 13 of of Ezekiel 38 is that Saudi Arabia is the only one that protests this invasion, which suggests that at the time of the invasion, at the time that this prophecy is fulfilled, Saudi Arabia will have a good relationship with Israel, and they do. And they do. Well, I suppose it should come as no surprise that Israel is uh, now needing to regroup and re-strategize in anticipation of the U.S. absence in Syria. Yesterday, the Times of Israel published a report about how Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is saying he will, quote, study the U.S. pullout from Syria. This, while the opposition slams him for failure. Of course, they're going to blame him, blame Netanyahu. Make no mistake about it, Netanyahu has plenty of adversaries and plenty of opposition in Israel. Let me just quote briefly from the Times. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave his cautious imprimatur, which means basically guarantee, imprimatur, I think is how you pronounce it, concerning the U.S. decision to pull its forces out of Syria Wednesday, saying U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had assured him that the U.S. will continue to influence events in Syria. But... Opposition leaders warned that the U.S. departure would undermine Israel's efforts to prevent Iran deepening its presence across the northern border and said President Donald Trump's decision to leave marked a diplomatic failure by the prime minister. Now, I am of the belief that Netanyahu was uh, not very happy (laughs) with this uh, decision by President Trump. Again, there's more to it, I'm sure, and as some have suggested it might have something to do with the upcoming unveiling of the peace agreement. The surprise announcement of the U.S. pullout Wednesday, and I I would say that a surprise was an understatement. Uh, It's kind of interesting watching the back and forth today and even uh, some yesterday uh, just here in the U.S. You've got 
you know, politicians on both sides of this decision by President Trump, some saying it is, it is a very good decision, some saying this is going to be catastrophic. And there's no shortage of that. I just, uh, I'm sure you heard about the breaking news today that uh, General Mattis is going to retire slash resign. And, of course, <laughs> it's, um, well, let's just say it's going to be really interesting. So the concern, of course, is, is that Israel now has to make every effort to keep Iran from entrenching its foothold in Syria. Here's a statement from Netanyahu, and I quote, I spoke with U.S. President Donald Trump on Monday and yesterday with U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who told me that it was the president's intention to withdraw their forces from Syria and made it clear that they had other ways to express their influence in the arena. What that entails, we don't know. Again, this could comport, for lack of a better word, with the uh, suggestion that the peace deal has something in it in regards to this sudden withdrawal from Syria. He goes on, quoting Netanyahu, This is, of course, America's decision. We will study the timetable, the mode of operation, and, of course, the implications for us. In any case, we will take care to protect Israel's security and to protect ourselves from that arena. On Sunday, I I, uh, had a quote from a report about how Netanyahu is making it very clear in no uncertain terms that if need be, they will strike Iran in Iran. And certainly they can. And if they can strike Iran in Iran, they can certainly strike Iran in Syria as they have heretofore. Well, Israel's Channel 10 News reported that Netanyahu tried in vain to persuade Trump to change his mind and that there was tremendous disappointment in Jerusalem over the pullout, which is regarded as a victory for Russia, Iran, and Hezbollah. And certainly, um, I would be in agreement with that. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. The TV report described the U.S. move as, quote, a slap in the face for Israel, noting that the U.S. presence in Syria was, quote, the only bargaining chip in Israel's efforts to persuade Russia to prevent Iran deepening its entrenchment in Syria. Now, what I found interesting was what the Times went on to say. In April, two U.S. officials told the Associated Press that a phone call at the time between Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, this is back in April, grew intense, grew tense over Israeli objections to U.S. plans to leave Syria within six months. So again, back in April, now it's been eight months. And of course, the president is couching this in terms of A, the victory over ISIS, and B, this was yet another fulfillment of a campaign promise to withdraw from Syria. So that's his uh, justification for this decision. 
Perhaps it goes without saying, but the objections to Trump's decision are based on what many believe is the signing over of Syria to Russia, Iran, and Turkey predominantly. Again, exactly as Ezekiel 38 says. According to Al-Arabiya, the Syrian opposition co-chair is citing the U.S. withdrawal as a loss against Russia, Iran, and Turkey. In it, they quote Riyadh Darar, the co-chair of the Syrian Democratic Council, is saying that the U.S.'s withdrawal from Syria will be at the expense of their future presence in the Middle East. And they will declare their loss in the face of the pact consisting of Turkey, Russia, and Iran. Did you catch that? In other words, uh, the U.S. is now irrelevant in the Middle East. The U.S. has once again, by way of a metaphor, signed over the title of ownership to the Middle East, and the new owner now is none other than Russia, and with Russia, Iran, and Turkey. So in other words, uh, the presence of the United States of America in the Middle East, no more. Again, exactly as Ezekiel 38 prophesies. Quoting, The Americans originally came to confront ISIS in the region. Then they started to escalate their stances on the situation with Iran and the political solution in Syria. Then he said this. Again, this is that co-chair. This is very interesting. Listen to this. In any case... The political solution in the country will not happen soon because the problem of Syria has not even started yet, in my opinion. Not even started? What? Are you kidding me? Can I say it this way? You ain't seen nothing yet in Syria. What haven't we seen in Syria yet? Oh, the total destruction of Syria. There's never going to be a solution in Syria. There's going to be the destruction of Syria. He pointed out that the conflict is no longer between Syrians, but has become an international conflict starting with the Turkish intervention in some areas of Syria. Again, even 24 months ago, I would even venture to say as recently as one year ago, 12 months ago, we could not be talking about Turkey in Syria. It's only been recently. But listen to this. He also saw that Washington's recent statements do not have a clear strategic calculation expressing his belief that the Russian party is the only one who knows what it wants. Russia, Russia is the only one in Syria who knows what they want. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.